Well, I think most of you know me. My name's Susan. I've been attending here for two years now. I also happen to be a retired pastor, so sometimes I preach when Melissa's away on vacation. So please pray with me. Savior of the world, what have you done to deserve this? And what have we done to deserve this? To the mystery of undeserved suffering, you bring the deeper mystery of unmerited love. Capture our attention and fill our hearts. Amen. Well, as you've probably figured out by now, today is Christ the King Sunday, a Sunday when Christians of many different denominations all celebrate Christ's, okay, here it is, messianic kingship and sovereign rule over all creation. And we'll get to that later. Because the lesson brought to us by the lectionary today is not a lesson about power and glory and triumph, but about death and apparent defeat. So let's begin by looking at the text. As I said, it's a day of death. It's a blot on the holiday. It's Passover week, a joyful Jewish festival. And Jerusalem is crowded with pious pilgrims and with pickpockets and with robes from the countryside gawking at the sights. But for three men, those crowds only added to their misery. His insults and worse have been hurled at them as they have staggered under the weight of their crossbars, laboring to the place of execution. And that was, you know, the usual pattern when Rome decided to crucify someone. You would be flogged and then paraded through the streets as a warning to others. This is what happens to you when you mess with Rome. And it was nearly always men who were executed. Uh, One of the very few advantages I can think of to being a woman in the first century is you were unlikely to be crucified. When you got to the place of execution, you were stripped of your clothes and bound naked to that crossbar. And here we see Jesus in this indignity identifying with the humiliated and the miserable. In 1944, Tori and Betsy Tenboom found themselves inmates at the Ravensbrück concentration camp. These two older Dutch ladies had joined the resistance movement when the Nazis overran their country, and they had been hiding Jews in their home. They were caught and they were sent to Ravensbrück. And here they are, many women to each flea-infested bed, deplorable sanitation, an appalling scarcity of food, regular beatings, listening to the sounds from the punishment cells, in constant fear of execution, and undergoing ongoing dehumanization. As every Friday, the women were required to strip naked and march past their male captors with their hands at their side to see a doctor at the end of the hall for a cursory physical examination. And then they had to march back in the same fashion. 
And Corey writes this. But it was one of those mornings, while we were waiting, shivering in the corridor, that yet another page in the Bible leapt into life for me. He hung naked on the cross. I had not known, I had not thought. I mean, the paintings, the carved crucifixes showed at the least a, a scrap of cloth. But this I suddenly knew was a respect and reverence of the artist. But oh, at the time itself on that other Friday morning, there had been no reverence, no more than I saw in the faces around us now. And I leaned towards Betsy ahead of me in line her shoulder blades stood out sharp and thin beneath her blue mottled skin. Betsy, they took his clothes too. And ahead of me, I heard a little gasp. Oh, Corey, I never thanked him. Stripped naked and then hoisted up to die, a protracted and agonizing death. You know, Rome had no qualms about this. They didn't do it at midnight because of the protesters. The curious, the morbid, and the sadistic were all welcome to come, as were the condemned family and friends, if they could stomach the sight and if they weren't themselves paralyzed by fear of what had happened to them by association. And on this day, three men share a fate, but one of them, is a king. What about the other two? You know, we're not given their backstory at all, but usually if you were being crucified, you were at least thought to be guilty of either sedition or thievery. So these might be religious zealots who had taken advantage of the holiday to stir up trouble, or people or someone who had, you know, dipped their hand into one purse too many. But the king is the focus of the story as it comes to us in the gospel. And the companion's comments are of interest only because they're addressed to or are about him. But what sort of king is this? This is a hidden king, hard at work on our behalf. And in Philippians, we're told that this one lays aside his divine prerogatives to come among us as a slave a hidden king hard at work identifying with the pain of the world and laying down his life as a ransom for many. And of course, it was in doing his work, in being the king, well, that he came to the attention of Rome. As Melissa said last week, Jesus was a truth teller and he pulled no punches and he told off the rich and powerful, and he critiqued the religious, while also giving sight to the blind, releasing the tormented, and even calling his friend Lazarus back from the grave. And those deeds made his words more dangerous. Hard to ignore a guy who's doing that stuff. And some people began to call him king or messiah. And hoped that he would use his power and popularity to launch an insurrection against Rome. Jesus has become a threat. And Rome knows what to do with threats. And today he's naked, facing death. One of the other condemned men uses his final breath to deride Jesus. Are you not the Messiah? 
save yourself and us. And, you know, one could hear that as an expression of faith, but I think the other uh, prisoner's rebuke leads us to think otherwise. Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Oh, and you're going to die and face God really soon? And, of course, this mocking is very much like what the soldiers had said earlier. But this, this other prisoner, he's, he's interesting. He shows a different sort of heart, a respect for God, and a surprising faith in the guy who's dying next to him on the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Addressed to a naked, hidden king dying on a cross. And Jesus replies, promising more and sooner than even this guy could imagine. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And Jesus introduces this startling comment with an oath formula. Literally, he's saying, amen, I tell you. And this is how Jesus introduces many of his most surprising announcements. He says, you know, I'm not just doing glib words of comfort. I'm using the language used in ratifying an oath or in giving um, or joining in prayer words which bind the speaker. Amen, I tell you. Today you will be with me in paradise. In paradise, that realm where the king's will is fully done, yeah, where no one is needy, sick, overlooked, exploited, abused. Oh, not the realm where my will is finally done, despite the many, many theologically suspicious things I've heard spoken in eulogies. Um, <laughs> it's not necessarily where you're getting the sports car. This is where the king's rule is done. So today we see a hidden dying king but what about all the reigning and ruling stuff? <laughs> the messianic kingship and sovereign rule, which Christ the King Sunday is all about. Well, you know, those first Christians, after the resurrection, ran around the Roman Empire saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Not Caesar, that self-styled God in Rome, but Jesus resurrected from the dead. But of course, the rub is that it doesn't seem very much like Jesus is in charge because there's so much evil abroad in our world. And, you know, this side of the second coming, when Christ returns in glory to set all things right, he reigns through his people. And apparently we're not always doing a great job in that. And not in the sense that his inner circle thought he would. Think about what his closest friends say to the risen Christ right before his ascension. Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? That is, will we get to be in charge now? Will we and people like us make the rules and other people, you know, follow our lead? And, you know, I can just picture Jesus rolling his eyes at this point. 
how long have you been with me? And you still do not get what I am all about. Instead, Jesus reigns through his people, and here I'm quoting a great New Testament scholar, as they, filled with his spirit, go out into the world vulnerable, suffering, praising, praying, misunderstood, misjudged, vindicated, celebrating, always, as Paul puts it in one of his letters, bearing in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be on display. So if Jesus is, for now, before he returns, reigning through us, is it up to us unaided to bring about the transformation of society? I know to me that sounds like an unbearable and deeply discouraging burden. A little more than I can do. I want you to think about those first Christians again. Filled with the Holy Spirit post-Pentecost, risking their lives proclaiming Jesus' kingship and living as citizens of heaven, that is living under God's rule, giving allegiance to this King Jesus while living as inhabitants of earth. And many, many, many of them were slaves or peasants. None of them lived in a participatory democracy. And they had no expectation that they were going to bring about the end of slavery or the improvement to the economy or the reordering of things in Rome. Yet still, they rejoiced that Jesus was king and lived in hope under his rule. And here we are, many of us privileged white people, many of us well-educated, all of us living in a participatory democracy where we have so much more opportunity than did those first Christians to bring about systemic change. But it's so easy to lose hope. And when we measure our success by how much we have brought about change, well, we can end up burned out and discouraged. But Jesus is king. And our allegiance is to him even when we feel ineffective. We are reminded on Christ the King Sunday that the ground of our hope is in what God is doing in us, through us, for us, with us, and not in our own efforts. Jesus is king. Rejoice and live in hope.